Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Resilient and Real podcast, hosted by the San Bernardino County Department of Behavioral Health. I'm Miranda Canseco, Public Relations and Community Outreach Coordinator. Many people experience seasonal changes in feelings of well-being, energy, sleep, and eating patterns when the days get shorter and the weather gets colder. The winter blues are very common, but some people experience powerful changes to the degree that it may become a form of clinical depression. Today, we have a very special guest who is going to provide us with strategies and resources on how to get through these next few months of the winter blues and holidays. Dr. Amberin Fizey is an adult and forensic psychiatrist and an associate medical director with the San Bernardino County Department of Behavioral Health. Welcome, Dr. Fizey. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Miranda. It's my pleasure to be here with you. To start us off, can you please share with us a little bit about yourself and your position as an associate medical director for the Department of Behavioral Health? Sure. Um, Yes, I currently serve as an associate medical director at DBH, and while I officially joined DBH post my training, my affiliation actually dates back to my psychiatry residency training. I trained at ARMC, and part of my training was at DBH outpatient clinics, which included the Forensics Clinic, Mariposa Clinic, and Phoenix Clinic. I went on to do a fellowship in forensic psychiatry at UC Davis and officially joined DBH in August of 2020 as a clinic medical director at the Adult Criminal Justice Clinic. What I love most about working at DBH is really having the ability to not only impact individualized patient care to an underserved and often an unserved patient population, I also have the opportunity to be a part of systems level initiatives, which can greatly improve the quality of life and well-being of so many people in our county at a very macro level. That is perfect. And I think that's why it's it's so important that you're here for today's episode and having a subject matter expert that has been in the field for a while. So statistics show that more than 3 million Americans are diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder, or known as SAD, every year. Can you explain to our listeners what SAD is and why it occurs? So seasonal affective disorder, with that befitting acronym of SAD, is actually a subtype of depression that's related to changes in seasons and usually begins and ends at about the same time every year. If you're like most people with SAD, your symptoms start in the fall and continue into the winter months, sapping your energy and making you feel tired, sad, and depressed. SAD is thought to occur due to a combination of factors, including genetics and body chemistry, but most commonly involves three factors. The first is your biological clock. We're governed by our body's natural clock that helps regulate several important functions, including sleep-wake cycles and mood. Now, these rhythms are thrown off by the winter season, where the sky gets bright later in the morning and dark earlier in the evening, yet our hectic schedules require us to keep going as if nothing has changed. But this shift in the reduced levels of sunlight may cause winter-onset seasonal affective disorder. The second thing which can contribute to SAD are our levels of serotonin. It is thought that a drop in serotonin levels, which is a brain chemical or a neurotransmitter that affects mood, might also play a role in SAD. Reduced sunlight can cause a drop in serotonin, which can then trigger the depression. And lastly, we can think of melatonin contributing to the onset of seasonal affective disorder as well. 
Melatonin is a naturally occurring hormone which plays a role in sleep patterns and mood. Um, the change in season can disrupt that balance of melatonin in the body, which can also lead to depression. This is so fascinating. I didn't know it was as common as it is. And I know that friends and family, we've discussed like the time change and it gets dark so early and it might have changed some of our moods and, and how we're feeling. And so it makes sense that there's yeah definitely 3 million Americans that are out there with this. So because it's so common and it's around this time, what are some coping techniques that can help our listeners? Such a great question because, you know, we tend to cultivate a healthier lifestyle over the summer when we have more daylight hours, right? But it becomes even more essential to maintain that healthy lifestyle and a regular routine, especially when we lack the energy or the motivation to do that. I'll give you four coping strategies which have been shown to be beneficial for maintaining wellness during the winter months. The first is exercise. Not only is physical activity a fantastic outlet for stress and anxiety, exercising even as little as 30 minutes every day may help your body release endorphins, which are also known as your natural happy hormones. The second is to continue a very healthy diet and eat nutritional foods, which can be particularly challenging during the holidays. But being really intentional with your diet and trying to fill up on healthy fruits and vegetables to maintain a balanced diet and then having that occasional indulgence can be very helpful. One of my friend's moms used to have this little trick where she would cut up a large bowl of vegetables and fruit on the day that she had a social gathering and make sure that she got through that entire bowl before she headed out the door to her social event to help her with her diet during the holiday season. The third is meditation. Uh, meditation has been shown to improve symptoms in people suffering from depression and anxiety and may help people maintain their sense of wellness during the winter months as well. Even a short spurt of a 10-minute meditation session every other day when you take the time to be mindful and check in with your body can be incredibly beneficial. Some people, especially those who find it difficult to quiet their minds, may find guided meditation particularly helpful. And there are plenty of apps like Headspace, Calm and Breathe, and several podcasts and YouTube videos that are available to help people. Other practices like yoga, taking a quiet stroll in the park, or even just closing your eyes and focusing on your breathing can be very helpful. And lastly would be social supports and self-love. Keeping in touch with your family, friends, and other caring people in your life strengthens your sense of community and provides you with a strong support system to call on when you're feeling down. I highly suggest being proactive with scheduling social activities and filling up your calendar with enjoyable activities. It's also helpful to inform your most trusted loved ones about what you're experiencing so that they're aware and can nudge you to be more active when they see that you're starting to isolate and you're declining social events and gatherings. I'll end these tips with highlighting self-love activities, which are always great to practice, but are more so when you may be struggling on the inside. This can be something as simple as dancing to your favorite music for five minutes every day, or taking a day off of work or school, or indulging in your guilty pleasure show or movie. Most importantly, though, is really to focus on your self-talk. Starting your day with positive affirmations can boost your mood and set the tone for the rest of the day. There's a quote that I really like, and I believe it's a book now, 
which says, you become what you think about. There's power in positive thinking, and it helps shape how we show up and navigate the world around us, even when we're not feeling our optimal best. I strongly encourage this principle the most because, as we know in the mental health world, thoughts become feelings and feelings become actions, right? So a simple reframe when we have a negative thought with a positive thought or a thought that, you know, I'm doing this, but what if it goes wrong? Reframe to, but what about the possibility if it goes right can make a world of a difference in your day and as you practice this in your life as well. Those are such great strategies. I was over here writing notes of of writing all them down and I never had made the connection that it is true that during the summer I pick up the fruits and the veggies and during the winter when it's nice and cozy, it doesn't really sound that appetizing to, to eat a cold salad. I think all of this will definitely help our listeners. For some of the signs and symptoms, how can we identify when it's different than just the winter blues? So short-lived changes in mood or in sleep patterns are pretty common, right? And they should not be confused with depression or with seasonal affective disorder. But if you're low mood or other symptoms like um, losing interest in activities that you once enjoyed or having really low energy or feeling sluggish or sleeping too much or too little, having dietary changes, difficulty concentrating, feelings of hopelessness, worthlessness, or guilt, and more importantly, having thoughts of not wanting to live are very concerning associated symptoms with uh, seasonal affective disorder. Any of these symptoms or the worsening of these symptoms or if these symptoms just don't remit after a couple of days should really trigger people to get professional advice and to see their doctor. The more problematic ones or the more concerning ones rather, like losing interest in activities that you once enjoyed or feeling hopeless and particularly thoughts of not wanting to live are especially worrisome and require immediate intervention. It becomes really important to identify and treat seasonal affective disorder because all forms of depression can limit people's ability to live their lives to the fullest, to enjoy their families, and to function well at work. So when you or your loved ones notice that the symptoms are not getting better, in fact, are getting worse and are starting to impact you in other areas of your life, it's very important to speak with your doctor. Perfect. And thank you for all of the background on SAD and just the overall winter blues. So with the holidays coming up, I know it can also bring up other emotions that negatively impact our mental health, such as grief or PTSD. How can we as a community better understand that although the holidays can definitely be a joyous time, that for some people it can be heavier and, and have that toll on our mental health? It's actually such a great point. And it makes it that much more important to hold space for others and to extend grace. The holidays, while joyous, are filled with numerous expectations, full schedules, sometimes family feuds, (laughs) traveling challenges, you name it, there's a wrench thrown into the mix and routines and coping mechanisms that are usually very effective are thrown off course for anyone and especially those that are struggling with grief and PTSD. As a community, we can be more supportive and understanding of others at times of heightened stress like the holidays. Grief at around this time can be the result of trauma anniversaries or memories of better or worse times, 
loss of ideal parents or friends or the loss of how things were or even a yearning for that perfect holiday that might have been. This can be some of the most challenging time for survivors of trauma and for their families, and it can also result in frustration in others who may not understand why a person is angry, upset, or distant. It's really important for others to recognize that those that are struggling emotionally could be laying down emotional boundaries for themselves by declining an an invitation or leaving an event early, for example. We should really realize that it's okay for someone to do that to protect themselves and to not take it personally. And then regarding grief, what is some advice you can give to our listeners that may be experiencing the holidays for this first time without a loved one? So many of us have been impacted by the pandemic, right? And several of us have lost one or more loved ones in the last couple of years. The holidays may actually magnify their absence even more. Um, And while we think of this as a time of cheer and joy, it can really reopen those emotional wounds that are hard to deal with during these times. First and foremost, I would say, be gentle with yourself. These wounds will take time to heal and realize that you will feel sad at times and that it's okay to sit with those feelings. Allow yourself to feel those emotions without judging yourself and realize that this is a new holiday, unlike the holidays of the past. A couple more practical ways of coping would be to choose a ritual in remembrance of your loved one, whether it's a visit to the cemetery or the memorial site, planting a tree, or donating to a cause that was meaningful to your lost loved one. Another special way to memorialize the person you have lost is to eat uh, your loved one's favorite food, and honoring and incorporating them in your celebration can really serve as a tangible reminder that your love for them will always remain. And lastly, look at the holiday season as the beginning of a new journey and progression of your own healing. Allow yourself to enjoy the gifts of the season found in those that are present around you, special memories and visits, whether in person or even now virtually in this virtual world that we live in with your family and loved ones and people that mean the most to you. Thank you so much, Dr. Faizi. You've shared a a wealth of information and and taking my notes, uh, definitely easy ways that people can implement some of those strategies uh, that you mentioned of exercise and diet and meditation and definitely leaning on that social support. So we've covered a lot today in today's episode. Is there anything else you would like to let our listeners know? Yeah, with regards to seasonal affective disorder, I would say don't brush off that yearly feeling as simply a case of the winter blues or a seasonal funk that you have to tough out on your own. Take steps to keep your mood and motivation steady throughout the year. And while there's no way to prevent the development of SAD, you can take steps early on to manage the symptoms and maybe even to prevent them from getting worse over time. There are evidence-based treatments that are available, and some can be completely non-invasive and simple, like something called phototherapy, which literally is a light box that you sit in front of for 20 or 30 minutes a day that that mimics sunshine and can help in the management of seasonal affective disorder. If any of our listeners are experiencing some of the symptoms you described, where can they find help? I know that the Department of Behavioral Health has some resources. Where would you advise that that people can turn to as 
we're in that season of of sad as well as uh, with the holidays coming up and and what that might bring up for a person. The first would be to explore your doctor, your primary care doctor or your psychiatrist. The Department of Behavioral Health, though, has several resources that are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The first would be the 24-hour hotline, which is 888-743-1478. In more crisis-related situations in which intervention is required immediately, I would suggest that people go to our crisis stabilization units. We have two of them. One is the Merrill Center in Fontana, and the other one is the Windsor Center in San Bernardino. Of course, calling 911 or going to the nearest urgent care or the nearest emergency room are also options. But certainly, if somebody is starting to experience these symptoms, the best thing you can do for them is to be there for them and to get them that really important help when they need it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Feisy, for sharing some of those resources. And and we just want to, on behalf of the Department of Behavioral Health, to share that you are not alone. Please reach out, utilize the, the communities that you have, and we can help you get through some of these times. So thank you so much, Dr. Feisy, for joining us today. We appreciate all of the hard work you are doing for the department to help raise awareness and the overall importance of mental health. Thank you, Miranda. It's my pleasure. Do not forget to exercise, eat a healthy diet, nurture your spirit, and see a therapist if needed to combat the winter blues. For more information about the Department of Behavioral Health, visit sbcounty.gov dbh. Plus, follow the department on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to another episode of Resilient and Real. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be notified when the next episode drops. See you in the new year. Until next time, remember to live life resilient and real.